When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Rangers Rabble Friday edition. My name is Derek McMillan. Tonight I'm joined by Wilf. How you doing, Wilf? I'm not bad, Derek. How are you? I am very good, thanks. And I'm joined by Scott Cameron, or we'll call him Cammy for the sake of tonight's recording. I'm good, mate. Nice to see you. And we're also joined by debutant Scott Kerr. How are you doing, mate? I'm fine, thanks. Good. Glad to have you on, mate. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. So we'll start the, the, the Friday edition podcast with the news that Kamal Roof is to be uh, retrospectively banned for two games. Now, Wolf, we kind of surmised on the Monday edition that this was going to happen. I take it you weren't shocked. No, not shocked at all. Um, to be honest, I would abandon him because he should have been sent off at the time, as we've said, we have done this to death. Um, it's not the punishment that's wrong, it's the whole process. The whole process is it absolutely stinks. Um, it's, it, seems, it seems to be whatever incident the media kick up most fuss about is what gets looked at. And that's wrong. I mean, they're going back and re-refereeing games, which is wrong. If a referee sees it, deals with it, it should be dealt with. But I mean, let's see, we've, we've done this until we're blue in the face. And it's just the process that's wrong. Uh, I basically uh, echo everything that Wolf's just said. It's like trial by sports scene. Uh, no issue with the... With the, with the punishment, but the way that they get to it, it's just totally wrong. I think consistency is the key, and I think it's a long drawn out issue. This is, it's nothing to do with the compliance, obviously, it's all going back to the SFA, and it's not just Kamara Rufa, even Marellos. It's you think back to as soon as years ago, you get caught in TV cameras, I mean, in the tunnel, just stuff like that. For some reason, the Scottish FA have always been against Rangers, and since Peter Lowe has been involved there. That's going to be going off the track, but since he's been involved here, it's getting worse. So it's going to be a long, drawn process for us to get us back on an evil or a level footing. But apart from that, I don't disagree with the ban, but I just disagree with everything anyone regarding the whole thing. Yeah, I think he's a real spawn, Cammy. I, I can see this as a sort of, uh, I called it on Twitter, the Kunsovar. You know, we're sitting watching a, somebody's sitting watching a grainy television and 
and deciding who they want to ban or not. This this can't continue, can it, Cammy? Uh, listen, if if people if players do wrong and they're picked up, that's great. All we're looking for, and the gaffer spoke about it, is con- is consistency. It's that's all supporters are wanting. That's why everybody's mo- moaning about it because we think that we have been unfairly unfairly targeted. Every match that's on the telly now, every minute challenge is getting oh, as the compliance officers are going to be all over that. It's just it's it's monotonous to be honest with you, but it's understandable. You know, it's it's just uh, just want consistency of uh, decision making. That's exactly it, Cammy. I mean, it's it's consistency. We're not looking for any preferential treatment. I mean, at the moment we're we're getting preferential treatment, but the wrong way because it's it's always seems to be Rangers. You know, if they were treated everybody the same, but they need to go then do that, like we said on Monday, they need to go in and re-referee every single game. You know what I mean? It's to, to me, it's the quality of the referees that are at the the number of the problem. If the referees were better than they are and as good as they should be, then they wouldn't they wouldn't need to have a a compliance team of any description other than for, you know, things that happen off the ball that the referee can't possibly see. But then the referees in England are, are uh, professional full-time and they get lots wrong, so it's... It is a difficult one for them, but it is, it's a whole system that's wrong and it needs to be applied consistently across the board. Yeah, we just went for a level playing field. That's all I'm yeah, yeah. for a level playing field across the SPFL. The Rangers never our side. I don't want for some to give us favour, but I don't want other teams to get them. And that's what's happening. I do feel sorry for the referees right enough because I'm not getting to referee the game fairly. And as anybody knows, looking at a game in real time is totally different looking back at the game. So you're going to get mistakes. Football's always been about mistakes and about opinions. So going to constantly re ref decisions, it's making the job harder for the refs. You know, when you get to this stage, you end up sending people off just for sake it and I think, well, I'll be this and he's not the back to the You can't keep doing it. You just have to have a same at football in the day. Just let it play. Well, Scott, I'll come straight back to you. I, I feel the same. I feel like it's a, human, a game played by humans and now we're kind of taking that away. And Yes, we want correct decisions, but now I think it will add doubt into referees' minds. You know, they'll almost doubt every decision they're doing because of the amount of um, high, highlighting that gets done straight after game. Now, we'll come on to media later on, but... What a question I had for you is, do you think referees will now doubt themselves? You know, they need to be able to be confident in making a decision. Do you see that getting taken away, Scott, with us? That's the way we're going. I do, yeah, I do. I think referees have been doubting themselves for years now, but I think it's, get, it's getting more special in Scotland. And I don't think it's as bad. Now, I'm going to get VAR, but at least the referees get a small chance to look at a screen to determine if it's right or wrong in Scotland. So I say, so let's see what Michael Stewart says in sports, you know, Ian Cocker says in Sky. Our referees are struggling. I mean, I feel sorry for them. It just doesn't matter if they give a decision one way or another way. The class is D1 and M or D's like Just let the guys referee. Because without referees, the game doesn't happen. Yeah, I, t- I totally, totally agree with that. What well, I mean, Cammy, do you think though you want referees to make decisions in a, a split second and it's a hard job? There's, there's no denying it. Um, as I said before, I've done it myself at a low level, so only God knows what it's like when only these guys know what it's like at the full pace in the professional game. I really do feel sorry for them. Uh, should we be helping them out more in terms of during the game? Surely the game should be decided on the day and, and not three days later in somebody's office. I mean, I, I thought there was times where I think the, I thought the fourth official, to be honest with you, I thought the fourth official, um, 
they've they've uh, probably got access to a, to a to a monitor or something at the side of the park. You know, the the fourth official can be yapping in the the referee and the linesman's ear. You know, I don't know what the communication is between the officials. You know, but I think um, I feel sorry for them, but equally some of the officials are making repeat mistakes. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like Clancy makes a mistake and then the next minute he's got a Celtic game the week after. You know, I mean, it's, is there a, I'm not saying punishment, you can't punish them for, but if somebody's continually making mistakes in their place of work, there has to be some sort of uh, recognition of that. You know, are they put down to the, the, to do a Hearts game and then the Hearts, the Hearts players and manager, they suffer as a result of a, a referee that's making continual mistakes. You know, it's, uh, that, that's an issue for me when a, the same official keeps making mistakes and mistakes and mistakes and nothing seems to, nothing seems to, seems to change. See, the problem with that for me is, I mean, Cammy's right in what he says, the problem for me with that is there's not enough referees of the grade one supposed standard that they can punish them. Oh, like, maybe say, right, okay, we'll use Kevin Clancy because Cammy, Cammy's uh, single come out. Say Kevin Clancy's in a couple of shockers, let's, we'll put him down to, down to the championship, which is unfair on the championship teams. <laughs> but then they have to bring him back because there's not enough referees. That's so it, there's, yeah. not, there's not enough grade one, grade one referees for the games we've got, which is why, which is another reason I don't think VAR would work in Scotland, even if they can afford it, because you need a referee to look at it. There, is, there just isn't enough. And the way they're going, they're going to be, there's going to be even less. Because if you're, a, if you're a young guy coming through and you think, I fancy becoming a professional referee, and they can see you're seeing games continually re-refereed and, you know, ref decisions getting doubted, why would you want to pursue that? Well, that's going to be an issue going forward as well if they don't if they don't get a grip on the system and sort it out. I had heard, well, I had heard that um, the proposal for Scottish football to have VAR was just to use the sports scene guys, Stevie Thompson <laughs> and Michael Stewart. They would be sitting in a studio and they would be VAR. Cammy, usually I'd laugh at that, but to be fair, that's what's happening, isn't it? You know, it's, it's so far close to the board that I can't laugh at it. Uh, Scott, I, I said on the podcast on Monday that um, that maybe getting ex-players involved in this sort of process, you know, could you see them being like VAR operators or even just helping the referees out a bit? Do you think that's the way we could go? They probably could go down the ex-players. The only thing is, the problem that end up getting scrutinised as well, it's the rest of Scotland. They're going to ask, well, what? Who does that player support? But he used to play mm. with that team. So you're always going to get somebody offended with something. So I think, I don't know if they'd get money to bring in the rest of other countries, maybe somewhere in England or somewhere else. But I don't know. It's something the SFA is going to work out, but I feel with the SFA, I'll never get done. And we'll be stuck with the same system for the next 10, 15 years. And as you said, we used to referee. Mark, my cousin done referee. I used to do boys club football. So I knew a lot of different refs. And even they said back then, they've only getting help at that level. So if I struggle mm. at that level, what's the professional guys getting? Not a lot. They, get, they don't even get paid that much money. They get paid more than they used to. But I don't even get enough training and enough time at all. I think it's just a case. I came after, came after, came. And but I've all said, put them down to championship if they do make a couple of errors in a game. That's no fixing the problem. They're just putting it in a league. And I'll come yeah, back up right. to the NFL. So I don't see I don't see an answer myself. I think it's going to be a long one. 
exercise, but I don't know where to go with. Yeah, I think we need to. They need to fix it. We need to try to keep growing our game up here, and the referees are obviously a big part of that. We don't want to be spending ten minutes of the podcast when Rangers are five wins away for the title, talking about referees and the SFA. But unfortunately, it's it's where we're at. So we'll move on to another sort of sticky subject that we've been uh, been bubbling for for as long as I can remember, and that's Rangers' re- relationship with the Scottish media. Um, now. BBC are banned, as we know, uh, for some horrific uh, editing of videos back in the day, and that's kind of continued throughout the times. The most recent one is uh, we've kind of had a falling out with Clyde One over comments that Roger Hanna made about the, the tackle by Kamal Roof. Now, Wilf, again, we don't want to spend time talking about this uh, so close to a big game on Saturday, but, I mean, is this the worst you've seen in the media relations with, Ibrooks, uh, with Rangers in the, the Scottish media? Yes, it is. But I mean, I, I, first of all, I need to correct you. The BBC aren't banned from Ibrox. Chris McLaughlin said his, has, has had his media credentials withdrawn because of the lies he was continually telling. And then the BBC chose to support their man and just not come, not come to Ibrox. Yeah, of course. Um, I apologise for that. Which is, which is ridiculous because he's they're the national broadcaster. And the only reason I watch the BBC... The reason I watch telly is to hear about Rangers, and I can't get it from the national broadcast, but it's, it's absolutely crazy. But I mean, the, the, the wider point of the media, the whole media, the, the pander so much to Celtic, so by definition against Rangers, it's, it, it's not real. I mean, it's, it was, I mean, it, it happened, it happened a lot in David Murray's watch because he, he, he seemed to basically be of the opinion that you can kick the club as hard as you want, kick the support as hard as you want, but don't, don't slag me off. David Murray didn't say anything unless it was personally aimed at him. And then when when we had our financial problems nine or ten years ago, Celtic grasped on it and they put all the media into their pocket. So yeah, I mean it's never it's never been as bad. For me, it's never been as bad with the media as it is now. And it's gonna take a hell of a lot of bridge building to get back. And it's gonna take an awful lot of years to get back. Even you know, n- normally the team that's at the top of the tree gets the best press. That isn't gonna happen. Because We've had it against us for so long. They're not just suddenly going to turn around on it. I well, well, bang on there. I think um, it's as bad in, in my lifetime watching watching Rangers. I think uh, David Graham, uh, the communications is trying to he's trying to jump on things as quickly as um, they're being said. So there's a lot going on. I think behind the behind the scenes. But as Will says, it's 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 a slow burner. This one, you're not going to. You know, 2021, it's, it's going to be a continual uh, chipping away at it. The BBC, BBC down south must be, they must be like scratching their head at this. You know, you've got Rangers and Stevie Gerrard on the cusp of a, the cusp of a title and they, you know, BBC Scotland's nowhere near it. You know, so the, the big bosses down south and the BBC can't be, can't be impressed with the, uh, the situation, you know, that's nearly nine years that's been going on. Crazy. I agree with Therese. It's not going to get any better anytime soon. And I think it's been magnified this season because um, I don't think, I think that's made it worse, in my opinion. Uh, it just seems to be everything has been talked about Celtic, Celtic, magnified, 10 in a row. Now it's kind of slipping up for them. The media only giving us any praise. It seems to be the total opposite. But the media have been Rangers friendly for the last 10 years since the administration and stuff like that, it's got worse. But I think Scotland in general has got worse.
there's more probably more fans from other clubs say how hate us now than I've ever been. Used to be never never mm-hmm. used to be like that. Used to be getting yourself to maybe Aberdeen and stuff. But the fans from every club detest us more than I've ever been. And I don't know if it's a social media thing, just ever in general. Digital age, I don't know, but people detest us more now than I've ever been. And I, I don't understand it myself. I just can't understand it. Yes, well, I, I think that, I think that's that's a great point. That's that's bang on. Um, it just seems to be the fashionable thing to do is to dislike, is to not like Rangers. I mean, it used to be, you know, it used to be you get a lot of you get a lot of guys that were supported different clubs, but they didn't have a problem with Rangers. But now everybody seems to have a problem with Rangers, unless you're a Rangers fan. It's you know, I mean, I've my, my girlfriend's a Hearts fan, and I've been at a few Hearts games with her, and it's absolutely ridiculous. You know. I mean, we're not even we're not even involved in the game that I'm at, and all they're talking about is Rangers and, and Rangers this and Rangers that, and it's just it's, it's ridiculous. I've been at Highwood League games where young kids all they're doing for ninety minutes is is slagging off Rangers, you know, and it's it's for Martin United against somebody else. It's just it's it's mental. It's 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 a society thing. It's it's it defies belief. It really does, and there's no apparent reason for it other than. Well, I would say it was jealousy, but how can they be jealous of the last eight, eight or nine years that we've had? Yeah. Scott, Cammy, do you think it's a culture thing? Like, I think we're, I don't want to go down the politics route, but it's it's a culture thing. You know, for me, I think I think that's uh, that's the way country's going, um, and that's and Rangers fans are just feeling the brunt of that. What do you think about that? I think I think Scott uh, nailed it with regard to the digital age, uh, social media, all that, all that sort of situation. It's just uh, everything's. Everything's magnified, but I've I've never known anything like it. Um, the the hatred, and I think the fact that we're on the brink of uh, getting back that league title, I think that's magnifying it even more. The hate, the hatred. You know, I think they they, they all thought they had uh, they had killed us off, and the fact that we're we're, we're so close and we're going to um, we're going to party like it's 1999 in uh, a number of a number of weeks. That's going to uh, the, the hatred by the end of the season will probably be even greater. Well, yeah, you're giving me goosebumps talking there actually, uh, Sammy. <laughs> but uh, it, this is always about Rangers for me. I don't care about anyone else, and I've always been that way. And I might, as I say, I might be the only guy in my bus that talks like that. I don't care if it's Celtic or Aberdeen above us. That's who I hate. Because uh, they're, they're above us, and that that's the be all and end all for me. Uh, I don't see that the other way about. As Wolf rightly said, we've been third division. We've been struggling uh, for ten years nearly, and they still hate us. I just don't understand it. Now, I don't think we're ever going to get build the relationships back uh, with other clubs. And to be honest with you, I don't care. I think the the media side of it has to be fixed. Now, Scott, the Rangers media staff are doing some great things for me. I think um, it's heavily improved, especially on the social media side. We're very quick to react, as Wolves touched on. You see us almost having to play a part in building this relationship with the media because the outside media don't seem interested. To be honest, they don't, know. And to be honest, I think a lot of Rangers fans, you probably get fans for other clubs, maybe not in Scotland, but down south, let's get some Rangers pods and quite enjoy it because of the Stephen Gerrard thing. So I think having the fans pods and like David Graham and Scott touched on doing a doing a really good job and Rangers themselves doing stuff a lot of good stuff as well. So I think maybe it's a Scot it's a Scotland thing. If everybody like is up here, but I think in the UK and further afield, we are well liked and are well supported. It's just for some reason it's Scotland. But as for the podcast with the fans, it's superb because there's fans all over the world listening to that Rangers fans. 
you know that I mean, stays in Canada and he listens to the podcast back there because he's not here anymore. And it gives him a bit of touch of the limeys and a bit of banter and stuff like that because he's getting that over there. And it's great fun. So even though the media up here don't like us, if we continue to do things like this, Rangers continue to do things like that, they've got a Sky media, they've got a German media all talking about it. So to be honest with you, do we really need the Scottish media? Oh, for you, you have the same mind. I mean, you do in Scott's spot on, you do leave this country and people say nice things about us. And we'll come on to another subject later how we've kind of made that better the last last wee week or so. But the perception outside the world is we're doing this big, big build up to back to where we belong. And every bit of media articles I read is good. You've got fan media that's involved in games now, you've got loads of podcasts out there. Do you see us just running it ourselves now and just looking in the way instead of waiting for the BBC and Clyde One, etc., to get their act together? Yeah, I can I can see if we can go on a concerted run and start, you know, start picking up where we're left off and all start to turn and sour and you know win a few titles and a few a few cups and keep keep having decent wins in Europe. I can see the Scottish the Scottish media clambering over themselves to try and get back into our good books and. It's just not the not because the fans are so, so so alien to the media now. I mean, I don't I don't know a Rangers fan that religiously buys a buys a paper every day. You know, I mean, I spent twenty years of my life buying a paper every single day in, in life, and 50, for the last fifteen years I've not bothered because I don't need to, and that's that's coincided with you know the advent of the internet and social media and stuff because you can get all your information from there. Anything I want to hear about Rangers, I get it from Rangers podcast. And yes, there's lots of them out there. Some are good, some are bad. Uh, but it's where you can get your information. It's people, like-minded people, talking about you. You know? And, I mean, the whole fact that Scott said about, you know, fans outside of, outside of Scotland, uh, you know, being interested in Rangers. I I go I go to England when we're allowed to travel. I go to England quite frequently to watch rugby league. And the guys I know down there, they're always talking to me about Rangers. And, you know, I've had to educate a few of them, you know, why has this happened to Rangers? Why did that happen to Rangers? What was it like? And they can't believe the way we've been treated. You know, because they know that Rangers are one of the biggest two clubs in the country, well, the biggest club in the country, but one of two big clubs in the country. And they couldn't believe the way we've been treated and the media that we get. And this is guys that even aren't necessarily football fans, some of them, you know? And, yeah, I mean, I, the, the media... The Scottish media are are going to re- are going to regret the way they've been with us recently uh, in the in the last few years because the 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 print the printed paper is dying and it's dying because the biggest support in the country aren't going anywhere near it and it's not going to get any better for them anytime soon. See the thing with regard to the Scottish media, there are some good guys in amongst it. Bud Scott McDermott, Andy Devlin. Something happened the other day. Andy Devlin wrote a piece. There was a headline that was challenged, but Andy Devlin wouldn't have had anything to do with the headline. But Tammy, Rangers, Rangers then jumped on top of that, you know, because the headline was 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 questionable. Tammy, I was going to bring that up, right? So know. Andy Devlin for me is one of the, the better ones out there, and he has wrote very favourably favourably for Rangers in the past, and he's always seems to be first with the scoops. No problem with Andy Devlin and the, the way he writes for the, the Scottish Sun. That headline for me was despicable. Right, and I'm not. That's, that's, I'm not at one to take offence to things. I've literally been called every name under the sun for whoever, my own wife sometimes, but I never get offended. Right, but that for me was a step too far, and it would not have happened on the other side with the connotations. And for Andy Devlin to put his name to that 
because he would see it before it goes out and and, and, and I, I was very disappointed and very shocked to be honest so I'll come back to you Cam sorry because I, I kind of stopped you in mid-flow is that just a sign of what people think they can get away with now Rangers have up, up their game and challenged and, and I was so pleased to see them right on that but is, is it just a systematic of what, what people have been getting away with and kicking us when we're down 100% it's you know the a lot of what's happening now for me in the media, Wolf touched on it earlier, David Murray did not care. And you're 20-odd years on. That's what you're suffering for now, is the sort of... Oh, it's Rangers. You can say whatever you want, that sort of attitude, you know. And that, like the SFA, it's not going to be a quick fix. But Rangers jumping on these things as soon as they happen over a period of time, hopefully it starts to make them think twice when they're putting questionable headlines or or uh, incorrect reports, whatever it may be. See, I, I actually feel for, feel a bit for guys like, like, like Andy Devlin and Scott McDermott. If they've put a story in and some anonymous sub-editors put on a headline like the one that was in the Scottish Sun the other day, you know, I'm I'm not convinced that the, the guy that writes the story sees the headline before it goes to print. He probably, he maybe does, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how the process works. I'd be shocked if you didn't get sent it. Yeah, I'd be shocked if you didn't get sent it, Well, But the headline's written by some, some anonymous nobody. Not, it's not the guy whose name's on the story. Yeah. You know? And if, yeah. if yeah. it does slip yeah. through the net or get published, however, however it gets into the file, whether he knows about it or not, you know, it's the only thing people see is the name of the guy that wrote it. Yeah, I, I get but, that. But, well, does that not the highlight a bigger problem then? Like with the editors, it has to go through an editor. Absolutely, a sub editor, an yeah. editor that signs these. Yeah. There's three. There's three false safes here for me. There's three safety valves to go through before that hits the press in the in the morning or the night time. So for me, Wolf, that highlights a bigger problem. Buck stops with the editor. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, whoever has seen it or hasn't seen it, the editor's got to say, "Yeah, I'm okay with that." Now, the editor of the Scottish Sun or the sports editor or whoever it was must have known that that was that was out of order. You know what I mean? Whatever way they try to peddle that, they must have known that was out of order. Mm-hmm. But all he's interested in is, get, is getting getting clicks and getting publicity because of it. And that's the that's the way the press is turning because they're so desperate to sell copy. But like you say, Derek, it wouldn't happen to the other side of the city because they that's wouldn't it. let it happen. Yeah. You can get banter on the media, you can get banter off other fans, but to put a paper out like that, that headline, it was even a laugh. It was just viral. And it was straight to the, they made it straight to the point, knew that they were getting that straight away. Didn't even have to think about it, knew what they were doing straight away. So don't, people saying, ah, it's maybe a mistake. Never a mistake. They knew what they were getting at, they knew who they were getting at, and that was it. End of story. See, I get a bit of passionate talking about this, but for me, there's people out there earning a living off a stoking, which is already a powder keg of the west of Scotland, and it can't continue because it's just going to take one person to one idiot to, to react to that, and, and then we've got a bigger story in our hands. And unfortunately, there is idiots in the west of Scotland that won't just come to social media and talk about there's somebody that will actually take action. And these people have got social responsibility in what they print, and for me, they're just totally dis, dis, disregarding their social responsibility in Scotland. And which is already a, a tempered situation, shall we call it. Now, we'll move on because we've, we've spoke about referees, we've spoken about media, uh, the blood's boiling, so we'll move on, we'll talk about we'll talk about football, which is what we're all here to do. Now, great uh, announcement during the week from the commercial department that we've linked up with Hamburg. 
Um, I'm sure uh, Rangers fans that are listening have, have all mostly got an affinity with Hamburg. Maybe it's for the going to see football. Maybe it's for the nights out. But Scott, I'll come to you first. Uh, it's, it's just another thing that we're getting back to where we belong, isn't it? We're, we're making we're making friends with with old friends, if you like. But it's good to see these things in place, isn't it? Yeah, I've been to Hamburg a few times over my life, and it's it's fabulous. First time I went, didn't know what to expect, but the people couldn't be any warmer. If you ask them, do you know what I mean? They were talking about Rangers going to the tanks, no pub or half Rangers stuff, half Hamburg stuff, going to the games. I've got interacting with you, giving you a drink, talking about stuff, swapping scars. Same time as exactly the same outside the stadium, I sell in Hamburg, merchandise, Rangers badges, all that. It's fantastic. It's a great atmosphere, and even the the life itself, the city, is a really nice place. And talking to a few German guys in the pub, they've been following Rangers for longer than me. I'm in, I'm in my bodies, they've been following Rangers for longer than me. <laughs> just through meeting that meeting guy that I used to be with there in the army with in the 70s, or based over there. The Scottish team is Rangers, their team is Hamburg, used to go and watch them and they come over to Glasgow. And I think it just all, all interclicked together with the army guys that you know, just started coming across here times to see each other. And, Rangers and Hamburg with two teams involved and it just became greater and greater. So it's fantastic to see because Hamburg's a big massive club at the moment and in the second division, but a massive club in Germany and we're a massive club as well. So it's good for the good for the two teams, good for football and it's good for the fans, especially if you can start doing things with different friendlies or merchandise or different things. It'll be good. I look forward to it. Hugely positive. Great news story. Um, you know, I mean, it's... I've uh, I've been to Hamburg a couple of times. I don't think I would take my take my wife to Hamburg right enough. But, um, I was thinking that <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, you know it's brilliant. You know, I mean, James Bisgrove and the commercial team have done a remarkable job. It's uh, it's just it just con- continues. You know, and he's he's putting all the the building blocks blocks and the relationships um, with with businesses and other clubs and, and all that sort of thing. It's it's uh, it's it's good to see and it's a, a really positive story. Yeah, I, I think James uh, Bisgrove and the commercial guys, to touch on what Cammy was saying, uh, it shows that they're, that they're alive to what the Rangers support do and how the Rangers support react and things that they, you know, because, I mean, I've been, I've been to Hamburg a couple of times to watch, to watch Rangers and it's great. I mean, Ham- I don't have any affinity with Hamburg at all. Right, cards on the table. I don't have any affinity, but I don't. I don't dislike them. I just don't support mm. them. But I know. I know hundreds, if not thousands, of Rangers fans that do, and I also know a few of the Hamburg boys that come over to come over to Glasgow. So it just it just shows you how much on the ball the commercial department are, because they've, they've looked at it and gone, okay, they've got they've got a com- they've got a commercial operation with uh, Bangalore in India that opens yep. up a huge market yep. in India. They've got Orange County in America, where there's loads and loads of expat beers out there. And in Europe, the the most Rangers club, if you like, in, in continental Europe is Hamburg. It's the one that most Rangers fans gravitate towards. You know, I mean, even going back going back to the early days of of um, of paper fanzines, there was the Blues Brothers fanzine. I don't know if you you remember that. Yeah, you maybe be young to remember that. Before my time, I remember it. I remember Rangers, Chelsea, and Hammer. You know, I mean, that's going back what 20, 30 years. You know, and I mean, that the Hamburg, the, the Tankstale's been a Rangers pub as far as as long as I've ever known about Hamburg. You know, that goes back. That goes back, I think, to the seventies and eighties. So, from a commercial point of view, it's an absolutely brilliant decision. 
and hopefully it means that we'll get at least regular friendlies with Humber because, as we say, it's a great place to go to. And I would so, think we'll send right so, I, that, that's, that was my question. I, do you think, obviously, we've got this commercial side, brilliant, you know, we're going to share merchandise, we're going to hopefully share ideals as well, because German football is the ultimate for fans' engagement. So, I think we can learn a lot from the Hamburg um, commercial department, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. But, Scott, I'll ask, I'll find your question back to you. Do you think we're going to send some players? Do you think there'll be more than a commercial benefit to, to Rangers and Hamburg? Hopefully, because when I don't turn the second division now, but even if send some of the young lads away, get experience in Bundesliga. If they come up to the Bundesliga themselves, first league, then what's that's that's what you use it for. They're not saying players there, they can maybe send players we they get a wee link there. So things like that happen happens to other clubs. I don't see why it shouldn't happen as an almost. A great experience for a lad to go over there. Great for lads to come over here as well. Yeah I would I would expect that to be part of the deal. I I, I would expect some of the whether it's the under 20s, like we did with Orange County, we sent three or four young lads over to Orange County. I don't see why that wouldn't happen. I don't see why that wouldn't happen with Hamburg. Because I mean, Hamburg's got a, a second team as well, which plays at a, it plays competitive football. You know, so even if they put them in for the Hamburg second team, if they, if they wouldn't, because obviously it looks like they're going to go back into the Bundesliga, which is great. In the last season, eh? Mm. Cam, did you see some football? Uh, positives as well as commercial. I, it can it can all be business, you know. I mean, I think um, you think of it, the, the likes of Kai Kennedy, you know. I mean, I, I personally hope Kai Kennedy comes back after a positive loan and is ready to kick on in the first team uh, squad in the summer. But the likes of Kai Kennedy, something like that, that's that's going to be a, a proper a proper challenge for him uh, if. Hamburg get promoted and seems to go there for six months and playing the and playing the Bundesliga. You know, I mean, I think it's a it's a win win on and off the park for us. I see it as a big opportunity to learn through the academy as well. Now, again, German football seems to be, you know, up there when it comes to um, blood and youngsters, etc., and getting people into the first teams. So I see us being able to learn from their academies and how that's run. Second teams, for example, you know. Colts would be a massive thing for us. Could we could we learn off that and try and see how we get them into competitive football? I also see it as a kind of option for our kind of so Kai Kennedy and 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 a few others or maybe Stephen Kelly, another one. You know, going and loan to Ross County. Could he go and loan to Hamburg and make it happen? You know, and that would be the ultimate acid test before you come to Rangers playing against teams like Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, so on and so forth. So I see that um, being a benefit. I mean, Rangers fans have been joking on Twitter. We don't want to be seen as uh, lovers, lovers, and and be you know everybody has to like us. But I see this is a massive step. Well, do you know? I know we want to um, be our, be our own, and we want to have our own traditions and stuff. But building these sort of relationships has got to be the way forward, commercially and football, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's massive that we get it right. You know, from a commercial point of view, Hamburg, as I said earlier, Hamburg's perfect because there's so many Rangers fans. Already buy Hamburg merchandise. Already, you know, go, go over to see Hamburg. I mean, I mean, Scott's done it. You know, been over to see Hamburg just for the sake of seeing Hamburg. You know, I went to see Hamburg when we were over to play Werner Bremen in 2000 and whatever, 2008. We were over the, the day before the game. Hamburg played Leverkusen. There was 200 Rangers, two or 300 Rangers fans went to Hamburg Leverkusen because it was a game of football and we were made most welcome and it was, it was brilliant. And I've got no affinity with Hamburg. But there's so many 
Rangers fans do have enough innate with Hamburg that it makes it, commercially it's an absolute no-brainer to officially go into bed with Hamburg and have dual merchandise products because your stuff will fly off the shelves. And from the player's point of view, uh, like, like you were saying, Derek, if we can get some of the younger guys you know, out, out there on loan, or even, I mean, we could even reg- regularly our Colts could play their B team, their sort of B team or a second team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you could possibly open more doors as well for the um, the best the best that the, the academy try to do. Yeah. Because recently we've been over, we've played Bayern Munich, we've played this one, we've played that one. Having a relationship with Hamburg is going to surely open the doors to playing more top level German teams as well at that level, which can only be good for the, the growth of the club. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I was I was really pleased, really positive news. We've obviously done this before, you know, back in the day with Nolan Spirit and the team in China, and there was a team rumoured in New, uh, New Zealand for a little while, and you know, but all to me it seemed was was a strip and a, a Rangers crest on their strip. Scott, do you see this being different this time? Do you see team selection um, that we've chose to go with, you know, much better this time, and hopefully we'll get better rewards. I I do I I think it's I think you've actually looked at this one very carefully and I think they've looked at it for, most of them looked at it for a while because the two of them kind of came out the same day George Albert's thing Hamburg tweeted it and Rangers tweeted it so I think in the season they could do a big thing about his birthday celebrations and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I think both they've been involved in conversations for a while especially with the first like a couple years ago so I think he's been in the pipeline I think it's just been announced within a pipeline for a while and I think both clubs will make money not just us both clubs will make money I think the long run will be good for us commercially. Hopefully, clear wide, maybe get a few players in the other door as well. But I think overall it'll be good. But we can see we can do with Hamburg, maybe somebody else, because look at the clubs like Man City, they do it with all different teams. I'm not saying the gates and the players because they've money to buy players, but you put your name out there all over the world, it makes you more money commercially. And that's basically what that is. It's a business. So if you can make more money for the club, that's fine with me because it means we're getting better players. and Oh, that's the end of the day. We want one stuff and having more money in the bank helps us that Of course. Okay, so we'll, we'll, that's, we'll move on now. We'll, we'll talk football, football, actually, on the pitch football here, and we'll move on to the Kilmarnock preview on Saturday. Now, it feels like about three weeks ago, the Hamilton game. It's been absolutely torture this week. Cami, how important is it that we, we get that out of our mind? In fact, we don't get out of our mind. We remember how we felt at two o'clock on Sunday and we go and take that out in Kilmarnock on Saturday. I would hope uh, the players um, are as frustrated and disappointed. I mean, I think Griggs he summed it up for us in his, his post-match. I think this week in training, I think we'll, we'll have been competitive. I'm expecting us to come out the traps um, first 10, 15, 20 minutes. I'm expecting us to really have a high tempo, get the ball moving. Um, the creative players have to be have to be on it, whereas they, they, they were they were posted missing at the weekend. But we start the game strong. We'll we'll win by we'll win by two or three goals on, on Saturday, I've no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree with everything that Cammy says there. I think we'll have to come out the blocks really, really quickly. Um hopefully go two or three up kind of relatively early in the game. Then start making some changes where with the Antwerp game in mind, but we'll have to re- we'll have to really start the game, you know, properly. I mean, I can't remember the last game we really started on fire, if you like, you know. And, Ross and County at home, wasn't it? Probably, probably Ross County at home. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've started really, really slowly the last couple of games, so we really need to really need to be at it. I mean, I think it'll be difficult because with Tommy Wright coming in, 
to come on. The command that's not won a game this year, I don't think. Don't even think there's a point this year. So he's going to have, obviously, just want to get any any kind of positive results. So he'll quite happily just sit with 11 men behind the ball and see what happens and take a, a nil-nil if he can get it. So we need to go out, as as Cammy says, from the off, get an early goal, then they can't sit in. And then just see where that takes us. But I'm, I'm also fairly confident we'll win, we'll win, win the game quite handily. But we need to have one eye on Thursday as well because that's that's massive. I agree with I agree with Scott, I agree with all. We need to start the game positively, we need to get a result. I'm not so much like you I'm a bit more nervous. Eh? <laughs> I just kinda get that feeling. I think it's just the last ten years it's done me and I'm just really nervous until I know everything's everything's completely mathematically possible. I'm gonna be nervous, so I'm always the same. I thought against Hamilton it was poor, so we're gonna to have to have to come out the traps and go to come on up. Try and get a, if we get an early goal, the game should be there for us. As long as the game goes on, I think it, it could be a struggle. I think the pleasing thing for Rangers on Saturday is no fans in the stadium. Because it's getting to this type of season, especially guys like myself, you start to panic after five, ten minutes of the groans and moans. So I think I've been having no fans here. might actually help us. So hopefully Gerard gets the players kicked up the bum this week and they come out firing like Alma Vega was in the interview. So I'm hoping for a good victory. I think that the fear of Alan McGregor, Alan McGregor should get them a goal start. You know, if you're not if you're not flying out the traps, then there's something wrong. You probably don't deserve to be our football club after Sunday's performance. Now, well, don't want to hang up on it. We've, we've had four draws, but we've always kind of had a positive result after a setback. If you like, you're saying you're confident. What needs to be different on Saturday from Sunday, apart from the result, obviously. <laughs> We need, we need, we need, we need to be on it. The midfield needs to get into the game. I mean, the midfield was posted, was completely posted missing at Hamilton until uh, they started making substitutions, which the manager admitted himself was down to team selection. He said he left too many personalities on the bench. But I mean, when I saw when I saw the team, I thought that will take care of Hamilton. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I don't know where anybody didn't think that. So you can't really blame the manager too much. But we need to be, we need to be on it. The midfield needs to be on it. We just need to play football. And if we play, play excuse me, if we play with football, I mean, we're a hundred percent at Ibrox this season in the league. There's no reason that shouldn't continue. I think the the attitude, to be honest, uh, on Sunday was the the biggest the biggest uh, negative for me. I think it was very lackadaisical. I think the the players went out with their the attitude. We don't have to actually roll our sleeves up here and actually we just have to turn up and we're going to we're going to win the game. You know, I mean, it's like. Somebody said very early in the season, only the Rangers will stop themselves this season. And Sunday was the the classic um, the classic example for me. You know, the attitude was um, the attitude was was miles off it from the start. And you know, I don't I don't blame the the gaffer at all. That's a, that team selection for me was more than good enough on on paper to to take care. And I can understand why he left out Jack. Coming back after two months injury, Steve Steve Davis, you know he can't play every single single match. So he, he was trusting in the guys that he'd selected to to do the job, and and they didn't. But there was there was guys in that team on uh, on Sunday that have no missed a game. You know Tav, Kent, Golson. I don't think any of them had a good game to be honest with you. You know, so it, it was. 
I think it was very easy to to pick on Zungu, for example. I think he was the he was the whipping boy for for everybody uh, on social media post match. But it wasn't wasn't it didn't one individual. It was collectively. Uh, I don't think they, we worked hard enough. And I think if we work hard enough, our, our natural talent will uh, will always shine through. But you need to work hard. So that's right. If you don't work hard, it doesn't matter how much ability you've got, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm. You need that you need hard work. But the team should have beat Hamilton since we never. And like the manager said, apart from McGregor and the subs, nobody had passed, nobody had passed marks. So they need to come out a different attitude on Saturday. They know they're close to getting something this season, which some of the players have never won anything before. And they're very close. You don't know if they're nervous as well. That's all. I've said that to people. I don't know. You don't know if the players are nervous. It's different being a professional. Maybe you should have a different side. Being a professional in the park, you don't think of that stuff. But it's only natural. That is, it's only natural. They know what before. So they might be looking a bit closer than they should be. I'm sorry, they have to listen to people like Al McGregor, Stephen Davis. Take a step back. Take a, de- a game at a time. And things will happen. Don't look too far ahead. Well, for me, if we're not out the traps like animals, after like, every ball and every Kilmarnock player, then we've done something wrong. Um, Gerard will hopefully be hammering that home all week that you know you need to go and earn your right to win football games you can't just turn up and, and steamroll teams over these are professional football players obviously with different levels of ability but they've got a bit of pride about themselves and Kamarnock and, and, and are, are struggling but you know Rangers is a cup final for every team so you'll expect them to be better than they have been now Cammy, Tommy Wright's went in there uh, well we've touched on it already Tommy Wright's a decent manager he's done a great job at St Johnston uh, no one can take that away from him. Do you think you'll see a wee bit of bounce back ability um, with Tommy Wright on Saturday? I know they've already well, lost. <laughs> to, uh, well, to be but honest, you think- I, I expected a positive uh, bounce in the, the game against Motherwell, which um, for it looked as though it was going to they were going to get a point, but obviously lost a goal late on. I can see them coming, and I'm not seeing being as negative as Motherwell were before Christmas, but. I think you'll you'll be facing something uh, very similar. Um, I think the the key to the game is scoring early. You you score early, then you know it makes it it makes it easier and it makes it, it obviously it makes it harder for them. You know, but I the new the new manager bounce. Nah, it's all about what we do. Um, we start with a tempo and we start with the right attitude. Our quality will shine through and we'll we'll win the game comfortably. I agree. Yeah, it's like, you look at Commander's squad this season compared to the last five or six seasons, I don't think the quality is there anymore. I think they've lost a lot of quality. The more replaced it, the still get your thicker and your power. They're getting older and they're just kicking anyway. But they've lost a lot of play up front and the Muggy is good at closing the back either. And so I don't think it should any, pose any problems. Like I said earlier, I'm still nervous, so until we're 2-0 up, I'm going to be sitting smiling. Uh, I'd, I'd, even, I'd even be nervous at 2-0 up, and I know we don't lose a lot of goals, but it's just, like like Scott said, it's just the, you know, the scar tissue over the last kind of 10 years. But as the lads were saying, Derek, as long as we, we play our game, work hard, and play football, and we should score it. Score it. Scoring early would be, would be absolutely brilliant. If we don't score early, we just need to say, okay, it might take a while. I mean, the Motherwell, Motherwell game after we lost the League Cup title to St. Man, it took us for 70 minutes to score. And then we won fairly comfortably 3-1 at the end of the well, day. Well, well, well. 
At this stage of the season, I would uh, I, I could not hand I could handle the end result, but that that Motherwell game was uh, was torturous. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the same, but all I'm all I'm saying all I'm saying Scott is it might not be, we might not if we get the early goal, it's not a catastrophe. I want I want us to score in the first thirty seconds, <laughs> and that would just to me that would be perfect. But if we don't get a goal till the first hour, then that's it'll be torturous to watch. But as long as as long as we, the end result is we win the game, that's that's the important thing. Well, fingers crossed. We're, get, we're getting we're getting close by as Scott mentioned. We really need to be one game at a time. Well, if you've mentioned that, Antwerp, I'd be totally forgetting that game exists until hopefully 60 minutes in and we're, we're 3-0 up and then we can start to think about it. Now, Ruf and Morelos will be fresh anyway, so we should be okay. Now, Scott, hope that brings us on nicely. I didn't mean that. I'm getting great at this linking, by the way. But <laughs> Ruf and uh, Morelos are out. We did change things up. Uh, on Sunday, uh, brought Zungu in and, and, and made a couple of changes there. How do you see us lining up on Saturday? Is it possible? Stephen Davis is starting, I'll tell you that right now. But do you see further changes uh, from the team against Hamilton for, for Kilmarnock on Saturday? Thanks, Dan. I just feel like his formation, the way he plays. To me, when you look at Morelis in the team, the formation sometimes doesn't work as well because they'll have to hold the ball up well, brings us into play. Yeah. And he's a main man, we had to keep it. Atten there, Ruth there. They more like to drift wide, get the ball in those and people don't bounce off them as much. So I think we may have to play a lot more. Tempo has to be higher for a kickoff. But I think we'll play a turn through middle. We have to really get another option. Does it go with Kent and Aribo or does it maybe Brian Scott, right? You have to go with Davis and Jack even to play just so we can get the game done. The back four kind of picks itself into it unless it brings in Bally against Bally Under, which I'll maybe do that. But I don't know. It's a it's a conundrum the manager has to pick, but I think that's a give it a chance because he's only one minute to get left. Before doing over hundred percent fit. Kent, I wouldn't drop. I know a lot of people have been on his back recently, but I wouldn't drop Ryan Kent because he offers us something we've not got with anybody else. And he can be poor at times offensively, but he's what they off the ball and defensively to like who the hell's out the Barisic a lot what he does. So now when you drop Ryan Kent, I side, I get frustrated by Aribo. Aribo's got so much talent. But he's, he looks lazy at times. He gives up the ball quite easily at times. Doesn't chase back, but then he can also do something that gets you off your seat. So I would maybe rest him and bring in Davis, Kamara and Jack and just go with his safety ones just to see how he goes. That, that for me is the, 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 the one that's not really obvious. It's the, the middle of the park. It's Davis, Jack and one other, I think. Um, Kamara's been outstanding I'm not a huge fan of those three uh, together in a in a home match against Kilmarnock but you're, you're missing Scotty Arfield huge huge loss huge Massive. loss um, and I think you could potentially go 4-2-3-1 you know you could, you could have Davis and Jack slightly deeper with um, Haji Kent and Aribo behind Itton I think that's a, a because I think Aribo does his best work and uh, the more advanced, mm-hmm. the more advanced role, you know. But I think it's um, that's the, the question mark for me uh, is who the who the third midfielder is because I think it's undoubtedly going to be Jack, Jack and Davis. Well, see, I, I'm, I'm I'm a similar thinking, but I would say it's more likely it's it's two out of the three Jack Davis and Kamara. It won't be the three of them, not. 
not against Kilmarnock at Ibrox. I tend to, I tend to agree with Cammy. I think it probably will be uh, Jack and Davis. And I've got a wee sneak that Scott Ray might get a start. Might get a start. So do I will. Instead of a rebel. No, I've got, I've got a wee feeling he might bring him in because you look, you look decent when he came on. Um, when he came on on Sunday, he, he did look quite, he did look decent. And I don't think, I don't think it's, it's nailed on that big Cedric will start either. I would start him personally, but I think if the four's fit, the four might get a start. Is the four, the four was close. I know that if he was training this week, it was okay. But I think, it, I think, the, reading the report reading between the lines at Saturday might come too soon for Jermaine Defoe. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he's back yet. But if, I was saying, if he is back, it wouldn't surprise me if he started. Him. I hope not, because Big Cedric deserves to keep his place in the team. Because although he wasn't great on Sunday, he didn't really have a lot of support or a lot of supply. So we've got to give him a chance. Yeah, I think that I would, I would go with the four-two-three-one actually, and just play Jack and Davis. The tempo when Ryan Jack came on on Saturday, Sunday just totally lifted. He was running about. He was demanding standards. This guy has came to us and, and wanted to win titles, and he's so close to it. I just think that desire gets him the nod in front of Kamara on Saturday. Um, love Kamara. Uh, Kamara will start against Antwerp, stick on. Um, so uh, I think uh, Jack will do that. I think Scott Wright will start in a three. Uh, so 4 2 three, one. I think Kent and I think Hadji and I think Scott Wright will play. I think Aribo will sit this one out and I think Cedric Itton will play through the middle. Wright got space on that pitch at Hamilton and I can ve- a, a very, very convoluted area uh, and a small pitch. I'm just like, what can he get on the space against Kilmarnock at Ibrooks? And Wolfie always bang on about the, the dimensions of Ibrooks. It's a different playing field. It's almost like a different sport on Ibrooks, isn't it, Wolf? Yeah, I mean, the pitch, the, the, the pitch is huge and we're going to need... We're going to need players that can do something a bit different. And I think Scott, Scott Wright's got that. I mean, he's got pace and he's got, he seems to have a, a decent bit of ability, a, a good touch. Um, and I know Kilmarnock will have played against him before. And Tommy Wright will have played, played against him before. But not not in the system that we play. So I think he could be he could be the ace up the sleeve on Saturday, I think. I, th- I tend to agree with that. Um, so, Scott, what what's your predictions then? What's your predictions? Come five o'clock, what's what's the score? Many wins are we away for the title? Five, four. Four. <laughs> you can keep your mouth off. Someone says six and it says five. I just, to be honest with you, I just hope we get three points. Uh, like Satan Sunday, I was hoping for three points to happen. I just won three points because I know we, we threw four games uh, and it seems to be a lot of people, probably I'm nervous, but I'm not as dominical as some folks, seem to think Celtic's got a chance now when they're coming back and it's in the world because we do against Kilmarnock. Because I'm going to get beat. We've only lost four games. We've won 24 games. Look on the bright side here. I'm a nervous eye just because we're in for the 80s. But if you look at it sensibly, we've not lost a game all season. I don't see us losing against Kilmarnock. The problem that Scott said earlier, it's no teams beating Rangers, it's Rangers beating Rangers. So if we turn up with an attitude, we'll win. So hopefully we turn up quite well enough and get three points. I don't really mind what score that the score is. I just want a few points and a good performance. You're not going to be with that in your first uh, de- your debut, Scott. I want a <laughs> prediction. I want a score and I want your first goal scorer I, for your cheek. <laughs> I, I, tried, I tried that, Scott, and I was told, Luke, if you're not going to uh, predictions, you're not I'll going to I'll say 2-0 <laughs> and Ryan Jack. 2-0. I'm just writing this down, mate, so I can pull you up for it. That's all I'm doing because that's what happens in here. And, well, for coming to you last, Cammy, what's your score and your first goal scorer on Saturday? Uh, well, 
if, as Stevie Gerrard says, uh, if the best version of Rangers turn up on Saturday, we will get three points. Uh, I fancy Ryan Kent, first goal, Rangers to win 5 0. Oft. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> take your hand right now, Cam. I'll take that and I'll go up the road. I'll go for that. Wolf, over to you, mate. Goal score, first goal scorer in match result. We'll go 3 nothing to Rangers, obviously. And first goal scorer, well, Scott Wright, why not? Go for Scott Wright first goal. Again, I would take that. I'm going to go with a, a 3-1 win. I think we'll concede, but we'll win 3-1. And I'm going to go with big Cedric Itton to get the first goal. It's amazing that the four of us are, are sitting here tonight and we've said that Rangers are going to win. We're looking at Twitter after Sunday's performance, come on, we're clear favourites. And folk were putting their houses on them. <laughs> so hopefully we can curtail that reaction again this Saturday because quite frankly I do not want to be reading the dramatics if we drop points on, on Saturday now thank you everyone um, for, for listening to this podcast Friday edition podcast of the Rangers Rabble thanks guys for joining us hopefully um, you, you enjoy it and hopefully by the time you listen to the Monday podcast we're, we're a closer one to 55 thanks everyone <laughs>